0: My name is Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. I'm a global connector, networking concierge, and coach. For two decades, I believed that my ADHD was a disability. Only at the age of 41 would I come to realize that my ADHD was an incredible asset, and when I leaned into that, I achieved greater success than ever before. ADHD is the engine behind my own success as a networker and coach. Over the past few years, I've spoken with thousands of entrepreneurs, and found that many of them have some kind of neurodiverse diagnosis. ADHD, autism, dyslexia, OCD, and more. Like me, for many of them, their neurodiversity is indeed the very source of their success. On this show, we will change the narrative on neurodiversity. I've heard enough about the challenges, and how hard it can be. I want to hear about how awesome we are. It's time to start talking about how our neurodiversity can be an asset for ourselves, our communities, and our businesses. It's time to start talking about neurodiversity superpowers. And welcome once again to the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast. So our neuro spicy guest today is Christina Hooper. I actually learned the phrase neuro spicy from her, and I like it. Uh, she's with the company called Sparkative LLC. She's an authority marketing expert that helps neuro spicy entrepreneurs market and grow their businesses. So welcome to the show, Christina.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: So it's definitely awesome to have you on here. Uh, I'm trying to remember how we met. Were we int- someone introduce us?
1: Yeah. Um... Oh, I'm blanking completely on who.
0: Yeah, someone in our someone in our massive networks introduced us. I remember I saw so like, oh yes, yes, I need to. I saw your blue hair, and I'm like, we need to talk. That's my kind of people. <laughs> there we go. Um, so let's kick it off by talking about how are you successful in the world?
1: Oh well, lots of hard work and being very spicy. Is that a good enough answer?
0: No. Um. <laughs> what is successful about you that people are going to say? I wish I was like Christina and had what she has. I think probably the biggest thing is just, you know, like we
1: talked about before we hit record, you know, about six months or so ago, I just realized I was just going to be myself. Mm -hmm. And... That just started attracting the right kind of people. I started being brutally honest with everybody in my life. I started being like, hey, this is me. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And it just really started opening doors and started bringing the right kind of people in that we like hanging out with, that we like spending time with. And that's when we chose to niche our business down into working with other neurospicy spicy entrepreneurs.
0: Mm, nice.
1: Different challenges, marketing and growing our business and need support to be a little bit different than go fill out a bunch of worksheets, take a course and be a superstar.
0: That makes sense, and so you've been running a market agency for fifteen years now. Yep. So it's going pretty well.
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: <laughs> and and what is the form of neurospiciness that you have?
1: ADHD and ASD.
0: Okay, and so that that's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and autism spectrum disorder. Yep. All right. Yes. So so my expertise in the field is my own ADHD and what I've learned doing this podcast, which. I think still puts me in like the top 8% of the population for knowledge of neurodiversity, but I am no expert Probably. other than just talking to a bunch of people.
1: Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing even since we niched all the conversations and like I was just at an event in Tampa and the conversations that people would have once I told them that I, you know, specialized in working with neurospicy people and they felt comfortable telling me what was going on at the event. It was just, it was really mm-hmm. interesting being able to be off at the side of a room with other people they're like oh my god this is overwhelming this is crazy this is like what was the deal with speed networking earlier that was intense you know this isn't a spicy friendly event and they were like you know just having those conversations being able to connect it was it was really cool
0: interesting uh and so so how have you found that your neuro has contributed to your success
1: One of the weirdest things I'm able to do is intake a lot of information about a business very quickly and start turning it into a plan. It's like I'm rifling through all of the different training, different experiences that I've been through, conversations I've had for 15 years, and I can create business plans. And I think the fastest I've done it so far was about eight minutes. Wow. So, yeah, we were at like a networking group and this lady was just looking for a name for her challenge. But as we started digging into what her challenge should be, what the value of it should be, what we just started digging and digging and answering questions and, you know, kind of getting into it and ended up with a whole business in a box in like eight minutes, like i have no idea she was like over here trying to do this one thing when she should have been over here being like she has a phd in the thing Mm -hmm. and like 10 years of experience in it and she's over here trying to follow some challenge model that somebody had built and it was like (laughs) no let's go over here and yeah so that's probably one of the weirdest things i'm able to do i read really fast and learn really fast i watch most videos at like four to five x speed and read most books in about 30 minutes so i've just consumed Mm -hmm. a lot of knowledge
0: yep and and you are not the first a s d person you've had on the show who who's talked about that superpower um actually, one yep. of the first people who inspired me to do the show dan mangena is is on the spectrum, and he can look at an investment opportunity same way and just kind of very quickly see it and and i i in my head, I just see him seeing the matrix you know yeah he 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 looks at the document and just sees you know the green characters coming down the screen and and can see where the flows of wealth are and it sounds like you do the same thing with. It here's the business plan and the strategy and the systems. Yep.
1: Yeah. Those are my favorite kind of entrepreneurs to work with because it's like I, when you can just see them thinking in a certain way as you're having a conversation, like one of my favorite clients, she thinks in flow charts, mm. like her whole superpower is business processes. And it's like, as you're talking to her and like, just explaining what you do in a day, she's making flow charts in her brain and you can mm. just see it going.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's of course the law, the concept of of the show is we want to share those kinds of stories. There's a lot of kids out there, especially kids, when they get diagnosed with whatever it might be, and the narrative they're given is basically you're kind of screwed up, but don't worry, we'll help you, and if you're really lucky, you'll be able to work in an office someday, at like yeah. a corporate job, and uh, you know that that would be your the highest thing you can hope for because you know you're disabled in your brain, and I would rather have the narrative of. You're awesome in your brain. And let's tell you how that awesomeness works.
1: Well, I mean, it even comes into play as an adult. I mean, as you're in like networking groups and stuff like that, or you're in these mastermind groups, you know, they hand you these worksheets. Like I'm part of the digital marketer community. I love digital marketer. Don't get me wrong. Great group of people. But there's all these like worksheets to fill out. There's, you know, customer value journeys and before after grids and avatar worksheets. And they're so crucial to their whole methodology. And I'm the kid who never was doing my homework. Like in actual school, I could do all my homework and did great and got straight A's. But when I'm in these mastermind groups, I have so many questions and I'm overthinking all of the things and I'm seeing (laughs) 50 million steps. And I'm like, it's not just CVJ because what if it branches off and this is connected to that and this is connected to that. And so we end up missing out on really good mastermind groups because we don't do our homework. And we don't show up because we don't want to be the kid who didn't do her homework because we couldn't finish the stupid worksheet. And there's got to be something obvious because everybody else is finishing the stupid worksheet. Everybody Mm -hmm. else is like, let me just whip out a CVJ 15 minutes later. They're done. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here. I got like, there's not enough room to fill this stuff in. How Mm -hmm. does this go? Where does this flow over to? This should have like, it can't fit on one page. There's no way. And I'm like losing my mind.
0: Interesting. Of course, although I didn't do my homework, I would just show up to class anyway and, you know, not read the book and just pick it up from the conversation. Yeah. And, and you just kind of jumped into the flow. Um, but I could see it, you know, it's really tied to, to the worksheet and the work. That's, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting and like one challenge. of their
1: coaching programs, you had to have like three worksheets filled out before you could even exit the onboarding and get assigned to a coach. And it was like, I never could finish the work. I got lucky because I came in before they started making that a requirement. So I got my coach. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I didn't go for, I mean, it was probably four or five months. I was paying for something that I wasn't using because I was stressed out trying to fill out worksheets. Something so stupid. And then I finally just showed up and I was like, look, I'm just going to be that kid. Mm -hmm. And just came anyway. And it's been, I mean, life changing the relationships that I've made is part of that mastermind. Just being able to say like, look, I'm never going to do that gross scorecard thing. I'm never going to do that CVJ thing. I might eventually figure it out, but like the stress that's causing me, mm -mm, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to document it. However works for my brain. Mm -hmm. I get into Miro, go three d have some fun with it. It works for me.
0: Yep. So, so how long ago was, did you start, start approaching things that way?
1: Oh, I think that was about a year and a half ago Okay. when I was just like, I'm going anyway. Like I'm mm-hmm. paying for it. I'm going to, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go and see what happens. And.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that's, that's one of the things I'm, I'm here is that powerful transition. I've, I've found that myself too. The, the, when you stop apologizing for the way you are and start saying, this is the way I am and this is how it's going to be. And it, it works, you know, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I, all right. Let's see how we can can work with you. Whereas if you're apologizing, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, for me, the ADHD, my memory's poor. And mm-hmm. so if I say I'm going to do something, unless it goes into a system somehow, it ain't getting done. Unless I either do it right then or it's on the calendar or somewhere. You know, if we're, to, if we're walking down the street and I run into you and you say, hey, could you send me that thing? Then my yeah. answer will be I would love to send you that thing. You're going to have to email a reminder to me or I'm not going to remember. Unapologetic. If you want it, you got to email me. As opposed to, oh, sorry, my memory's so bad. I meant it. I forgot, and and then people are like, what's wrong with you? And says, that's how I am. That's how I come. You want it. That's how it works. You don't want it. It's not how it works. And people will adapt if you uh, if you do it, you know, very very but I, th- but I think a lot of people are are kind of apologizing their way through life for any any limitations they have.
1: Oh, my team actually ended up making it. You know, to your point about how people will adapt and help. You know, help you get through things. Mm -hmm. They went into our ClickUp, our project management system, and made a whole section just for Christina support and literally put like a tornado icon next to it for what (laughs) it is. So It's like anything that I need to do or need done or need reminded or need help with goes in there. That's the dumping ground. Mm -hmm. They set it up so that anytime I put something in, it notifies literally my assistant, my project manager, and our two client heroes. So they all get notified. That hey, Christina needs help with a thing. One of them jumps on it, assigns it, says, Hey team, I got it, and <laughs> takes nice. it off my plate. So, I was like, it, Everything else just falls through if I don't have that kind of support system. But as soon as I said, I was like, Hey, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to remember to send people quotes, I'm trying to remember to send people proposals, I'm trying to juggle sales calls, I'm trying to juggle ideas that I rabbit hole down a little shiny rabbit hole on and had to mm-hmm. go do. And, you know, opportunities that have been presented and all these other things. I mean, even this, I was like getting on your podcast. I was like, Hey, uh, Ashley, my assistant, I was like, well, you make sure this happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. And so, so what did you do to, to either build that system or to attract a team that would build that system or to inspire your team to create that system for you? What, how did you get that made?
1: Oh, brutal honesty. I said to be like, y'all, this is like, I can't do this anymore. I'm losing my mind. I was like, I need help. I don't know what help I need. I'm like, but here's what's happening. I was like, you know, we have all these opportunities. We're not taking advantage of them because, like, my brain just is going wee and it won't focus long enough to get, you know, proposals out, to get quotes out, to get the website pages updated. And I was trying to do it all myself and let them focus on client work. And it was like, okay, I need some help on sales and marketing as well as the client work like they were handling client work just fine but it's like i need a little more help mm-hmm. and they just came up with a system and ran with it
0: yeah and i think the key thing there is that that honestly and, and I'll, i hear humility in that as well there's not a lot of bosses who will tell their team i have challenges here in this area and i don't have a solution but we need a solution
1: That was what I focused on over the last year or so because it's like 15 years in business and we kept hitting this ceiling that we couldn't scale past and it was me touching all the things (laughs) because as long as I had to touch all the things or look at all the things because I couldn't explain to someone else how to do it or it was like to me it's like oh this is easy. We need to write a blog article that's like 3,000 words with like social media posts and video scripts and all the other stuff. I can do that in 45 minutes. Cool me, Got it. Zoom. And so every time I was touching all the things, we just couldn't, we couldn't grow and we just stay at the ceiling mm-hmm. forever. So for the last like probably a year and a half, two years, I really focused on hiring people that could build systems. I was told by a mentor that it's like, there's kind of two different types of hires. There's people that you plug them in, you give them a to-do list and they will execute that to-do list relentlessly and they will be happy with it. Mm -hmm. And then there's the people that want to help build the to-do list and have some control over how things are going to work, want to work with you to figure out how to document the systems, build the processes and build the scalable stuff. And it's like, so I hired a bunch of those. My assistant's more the to-do list type person. You give her a to-do list in a loom video and she will execute anything that you need done. No Mm -hmm. matter what crazy thing I send at her, she'll figure it out. But the other, you know, other people on the team, they build the job roles. They built their roles.
0: So so sort of, I, I mean, corporate, they'd call that an intrapreneur. Yeah. Um, so someone who's entrepreneurial enough, they can make their own decisions and lead, but not so entrepreneurial they necessarily want to own their own company.
1: Yeah. Well, and all of them actually own their own companies. Okay. They were tired that- of going and like finding work. So they had already experienced that. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, that grind of marketing and growing and scaling, and they were ready to be part of a team. So okay. that was helpful for me. Like, yeah, literally all of them, except for my assistant. On businesses ahead of time mm. so that was really helpful and it's really helped me start to be able to grow and to be able to do more stuff without going crazy
0: yeah yeah and that's and and, and yeah what, what i'm hearing there is is two things one is what i mentioned about being unapologetic about your challenges and like mm-hmm. here are my challenges because i think for for some leaders a sense of like i need to be the leader and the leader always has the answers whether he has them or not And don't question the boss. You need discipline on the team. And how can you have discipline if you admit your weaknesses, which is a weakness? Um, So that's part. And then, you know, that, that, uh, and thus having that humility to be able to admit the challenges so that your team can step up to, um, uh, you know, step up to solve your problems for you.
1: Yeah. And I think the next challenge, once you kind of conquer that, and it's the one I'm having to work my way through now. Mm -hmm. is when you've got a team full of leaders you can't abdicate leadership you still have to lead Mm. and so that's been one of the things that I'm still finding my footing on because everybody is like so good that it's like yay cool woo and then but at the same time they're lacking kind of cohesive leadership because I'm like y'all got this have fun and I'm not (laughs) so now I'm having to be like okay but I do own the place so let's (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm
1: let's steer the ship the way i kind of want to go and not off into left field.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I, i'm right I was, I was reading some uh history about the prussian army in the 19th century, 18th or 19th century. And and they very much have a delegation of authority model. Uh so mm-hmm. yeah, there there was one order, famous order that was sent out from the, the high command general and it just said i can't remember what the, the target city was, but i want to be sleeping in the target city tonight. That was the order. Mm-hmm. Didn't say how. Didn't say what units to use. Didn't say where the supplies would come from. Just put me in there. By the time the sun comes up tomorrow morning, make it happen. Yeah. And so the the corporal or whatever was in charge was like, okay, how do we make that happen? What resources do we have? Um, and you know, the Prussian army is renowned as one of the most effective military militaries in Europe at that time. And a lot of it was because they they delegated authority all the way down to you know the captain lieutenant level to do what they were supposed to do instead of someone in central command saying, all right, you're going to do this. And, you know, the way we fought okay. Vietnam from Washington where they're building the, the target list and whatnot, you know, so, so you're doing it more the Prussian style of.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm having what... to learn to add a few guardrails though. Yeah. So it's like, if I would have said like, Hey, I want to sleep in X city by, you know, tomorrow night, I might need to specify that I don't want to be sleeping in a horse stall. I would like <laughs> to be in a hotel. Like, you know, so you do kind of need a little bit of clarity around expectations. I've learned the hard way over the last month or so, um, mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, I, I want you to have flexibility to solve the problem, but when we get there, I expect these things to be true. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, that makes it, you know, creating expectations of what, what the deliverables are and what, what is going to be done. And it so makes it easier on them to...
1: What? Yeah. It reduces the mental calorie load too, because they're not sitting here trying to figure out like, okay, great. But where does she expect to sleep? And like, what else does she need when she gets there? And like, you know, cause I'm, I'm giving them a little bit of that. And then I'm trusting that they're going to figure out how we're going to get there in the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great, you know, great leadership style. Um, yeah. And so, so you said the challenge you're running into is, is the abdication of leadership. And you mentioned one thing about how kind of, it creates stress on them if they don't know what you're expecting. And so they're trying to guess. Um, and so what are you finding is effective in in that delegated leadership style that's that's working for you at this point?
1: Well, one of the biggest things we're about to try, so I don't know how well it's going to work, but we're going to give it a shot, is anytime we bring in something that's a little bit new. Because, right, as a neuro-spicy entrepreneur, one of the things we're constantly doing is finding new things to do instead of, like, continuing to deliver on the things that we know we have done successfully for an eternity. Mm-hmm. So, when anyway, anytime we bring in something new, we're going to have a team kickoff meeting and be like, everybody who's going to be touching this, get involved, and let's set some milestones, and let's set some expectations. Like, by date, we should have this. It should be in this format. By, you know, this date, we should have this. It should be in this format. Um, That way we have some guardrails for expectations and we have the people who are going to be involved communicating like deadlines and best practices and like if we're writing a book, for example, then we need the writer who's going to be doing it the designer is going to do the cover the project manager is going to be working with the client to get you know their input and information out of them and get them involved in everything that's going to be going on. And then get the project manager involved so we know, are these milestones realistic? Do we have staff to do it? Do we have, can we meet these deadlines? Hmm. And we're going to give that a shot and see if that works because I constantly bring in new random crazy ideas.
0: Yep. Makes sense. Uh, And so is your team all remote or do you have an office that they work in?
1: No, we're all remote. We went remote um, September 2019. So before everybody else did it and then everybody else came to play in our sandbox. (laughs) Like but we had a physical having. office for years. Yeah, I know. People are like, how did you know? And I'm like, I really didn't. I just got tired of paying for like overhead for physical office when everybody could work from home just as easy. Mm. So, And then everybody else came to play in our sandbox and all the technology got way cooler.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, are, are there any unique challenges you have with a NeuroSpicy team working remotely or does it work better, worse, different?
1: um i mean we definitely have some time management stuff that we have to pay attention to and we're constantly working towards and you know figuring out the best way to handle that because we let people work on their own schedule Mm -hmm. um we do have client meetings so anybody's client facing has to you know have to muster through and make it through those client meetings unless you just really can't and then that's okay um but for the most part that's really the only like hard and fast otherwise it's like here's your workload here's when it's supposed to get done here's like you know hey let's give you 30 to 35 hours of work this week if you're a full-time employee we're gonna sign it out Mm -hmm. and then deadline mode usually kicks in so you get everything on like thursday or friday so once deadline mode kicks in it's like they work longer some days (laughs) shorter other days (laughs) so it has its challenges but i mean it's nice i think to be able to give people that kind of flexibility
0: and so you mentioned clients um and so it sounds like within your team, you're all very honest about you know strengths and weaknesses and challenges and supporting each other. Um, mm-hmm. How does that work with interfacing with clients in terms of, one, are they how honest are they with you about their own challenges? And two, how honest can your team be with your clients about your strengths and weaknesses and superpowers and kryptonites?
1: I'm very honest. Um, we encourage it as much as possible. It's like, especially since we niche down into NeuroSpicy and all of our clients were like... Hey, that's kind of (laughs) me. I have that problem too, and so we had inadvertently nished NeuroSpicy without realizing it. So all of our clients, all of our staff—I mean, it was—we had done it without really realizing that we had done it. Um, But once we, you know, put that out there that we were nished that way, everybody was like, "Oh, cool! That's awesome!" And so there's a lot of honesty, a lot of transparency, a lot of you know, like it's okay for a client to get onto a call and say like, hey, I'm having a low energy day today. My brain is just not working so good. And it's like, Mm. okay, cool. Like, let's think about how we can work with you on that. Like the thing we were going to work on really required a high brain energy day. If you're having a low brain energy day, let's not work on that right now. Let's work on something else that, you know, does feel like something you can focus on today and being willing to shift. And I think it's made it better. I mean, especially with what we do. I mean, authority marketing and content marketing is such a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're ghostwriting as them, we're helping them create video scripts, blog articles, that kind of stuff is like, if your brain's not in it that day, yeah, it, you just can't, you're not going to get the quality out that you need to put out.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that there's there's certainly uh, mainstream socially acceptable reasons not to be on your game, um, different from intrinsic reasons. So, you know, for example, if, if you picture the the old boy club type business and someone says, you know, oh, I was at the baseball game and it it went into over it went into extra innings, and mm-hmm. we didn't get home until three in the morning. So I'm a little bit tired. They're like, oh yeah, of course, I totally get it. But but if you're if you're like you know my my ADHD is really acting up, and you know it does that when it's very cloudy, um, and that interacts mm-hmm. with my brain. Where people are like, what's wrong with you, weirdo? So no. you know, you or you're if not you're really like having to that's cool. Your brain works <laughs> differently. Weirdo.
1: Yeah, I mean, we even have stuff where it's like, if you were doing something else and you had to like shift over into a meeting, but your brain isn't fully in the meeting yet. You've like you've opened the Zoom, but your brain's still over here answering the email that you were trying to answer. And it's like being able to just honestly say, like, "Hey, my brain hasn't come over here to join you yet. Could you give me like five minutes to finish what I'm doing?" Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like for that to be normal conversation in the workplace (laughs) is amazing.
0: Yeah, which which makes a lot of sense because you're all being honest about how you work. And I imagine most people are like that to some degree or another, neurospicy or or neuro I feel like neuro ordinary should be the opposite of neurospicy. Um <laughs> as, as one of my previous guests said. He's like they it's like neuro awesome and neuro ordinary, I think was his, his continuum. But but you know, even for, for neurotypical, neuro ordinary, whatever you wanna call it, I imagine they still have those – it's all a continuum. You know, times they're mm-hmm. distracted or something happened and I you know, I really need to take care of this so I can get it out of my head. A lot of coaches talk about this idea of writing things down to get them out of your head. So I'm sure that happens if people go into meetings and they're halfway through an email or halfway through something, but they can't admit it. So they're they're mm, 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 you know, nod, smile and nod, and pretend like you're on board. Uh, and hopefully no one notices, which is fine until they're like, All right, and Christina, what do you think? And you're like, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> so but you know, it was really powerful to be like to be honest, I was in the middle of, of dealing with a, a client who was upset just before this meeting. Could you repeat it for me? Um and and to have that dynamic where you can be honest with each other, I imagine would make it more, you know, more productive, effective working organ working environment.
1: It does. And it's made it easier and more comfortable for us to share like some of our hacks and some of our things that work for us. I mean, like, I've got a huge, like, I've tried every whiteboard under the sun, and one of my client heroes was like, this is the one that works for me. It's the size of my keyboard. I can't miss it. It's it's huge. And so I was like, let me try that. That thing has been a game changer. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like we shared this little thing with one of our clients. It's like a little timer thing that you can actually see the red. You can't quite see it with the yeah yeah you can actually see the red so it's like I use this when I've got a meeting coming up because I can put it right in front of me and I can watch the red ticking down I can be like oh okay time to sit and get ready to click the button and not get distracted on anything else so little stupid things like that that it's like it it makes life a little bit easier. I mean like even something as stupid as like my clock is over here on the bottom right hand corner because I've got a forty nine inch ultra wide. So when I'm on a call, I don't know what time it is because it's over there. Ah, and okay. I'm over here. So I had to get a little travel clock and put it under my monitor yeah. so that I can see what time it
0: is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing is that somebody you know, some people uh in the in the more suck it up and deal with it mindset might say, oh, you don't need that time. You just need to look at the clock. You need to discipline yourself. You just need to, you just need to change yeah. your habits. Now you function and not buy a $5 clock. Yeah. Whereas it makes much more sense to say, well, if that doesn't work that way, if you lose track of time, why don't you just put the clock in front of you? Mm-hmm. Uh, like in your yeah. eye
1: line, so that it's like right here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've certainly found a lot of the the systems I've created in my business, I'm like, no, my business as it is, it's existed since the pandemic. So I'm Fairly new to setting this up, but certain things I've set up, like my open virtual coffee, I created it because so my calendar was too full and I don't like saying no. So people say, You got to discipline yourself to say no and create onboarding questions. And some people just don't get to meet with you. I'm like, But I don't like not meeting people. What if that person's the person I need to meet?
1: Oh, do you know how funny that is? Because I did my weekly AMA for the exact same reason and mm-hmm. it's at the exact same time and day as yours.
0: Ah! <laughs> Because all that's the cool I kids. I haven't are been to yours yet. <laughs> all the cool kids are ten a.m. Friday. Uh, had I realized that no one showed up to mine this morning, I would have come to yours. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's that same thing that 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 some of the coaches will say. Well, you, you know, you need to need to narrow down and focus and niche and and let the wrong people go. And I'm like, I don't want to let anyone go. I want everybody because that's how yeah, I am. It's like if they
1: just want to pick my brain, they can pick my brain. That would be cool. Like. Yep.
0: Yeah, And And it makes it easy
1: to have that time blocked out where it's like, this is the safe space. You can come over there or you can go to my Facebook group. I respond to the Facebook group when I see a message, no guarantees. Otherwise, come to the thing on Friday and I'll be there.
0: But the really interesting thing has been, so I came up with this basically because my calendar is full and I didn't want to say no to anybody. So Mm -hmm. it's when you spec the problem, like problem, calendar is full, don't want to say no to anybody, now solve it. Um, Because most people, calendar is full, say no to more people. Well, nope, can't do that. That's a spec. Um, And so like, well, the obvious solution is meet people at the same time, meet more people in the same time. So I have a podcast where I do that. I have the open virtual coffee, And at least six people copied my open virtual coffee, like straight up. Because I I sent it out to my email list. Here's what I'm doing uh, with an explanation of how I do it. Not that it's rocket science. And six people are like, love it, taking it. Because once Mm -hmm. I did it, they then saw it and said, oh, yeah, I've got that problem too. Interesting. Yeah, you know, once you're open with things, then people feel more comfortable to to share, to copy, to to learn. And the best thing is, somebody copied it, did it better than me. More people go to hers. She's made more money off hers. <laughs> and so I said, "What are you doing?" And and she told me, and I'm like, "Oh, so I implemented some of her innovations back into what I was doing, uh, and then visited hers and made it. And she made a whole bunch of connections for me. It was phenomenal." Yeah, you know, when you when you share and you're honest and you're open, it's a very powerful, powerful tool for collaboration.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's some of the people that I've met in different mark, you know, marketing groups and masterminds and things like that. It's like best ones are the ones who are open and honest and they're just mm-hmm. telling you what's going on. They're telling you what worked, what didn't work, or you know, like, hey, I'm trying this thing. I've never done it before, it's totally random. Who knows? But we're gonna give it a go. Like, okay, cool. That sounds cool. I might try it too. And mm-hmm you know, collaborate on our results and move forward faster. I mean, I think that's kind of what we created, being open, like, and honest inside of our company with our clients and our staff. It's like, we innovate faster. We make changes faster. We help each other faster. And it's... Yeah. I mean, they've helped me a ton. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And even, there's a networking group that I run that, I mean, I I will forget to do things, uh, one of the things we go around, you know, what, what our asks are for that week. And I will always forget to ask for anything because i'm running the meeting and it's down mm. to the point where at the end of like so is there anyone who hasn't gone yet they're like you michael you haven't gone yet it is your turn now um and yeah. and they will you know and, and i think that comes to, you know if i was like i run this group and it's my rules and we're doing it my way they'd never think to say hey uh michael you didn't go yet because if i do it i do it for a reason i never make mistakes and if you claim you never make mistakes you're that old style authoritative boss then no one's going to fix your mistakes for you because nobody wants to point out you made one. If you can be open to it and be like, I make all kinds of mistakes. I'm a mess, but I did yeah. this thing. I put it, I brought us together. Then, then I find just like your team does, my community steps up and says, hey, can we help you with that? Or I noticed your copy looks terrible. Do you want me to rewrite it for you? Or can I help you with your website? And and they just kind of step in to, you know, step in to fix it.
1: Yep. It's like one of my client heroes is constantly messaging me like, a, you know, gentle reminder that you need to look at this, a gentle reminder that I still need this. It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it was really hard to be very respectful, but still nag me. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I'm like, thank you. I've totally forgot about it. That was great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a huge thing to give people the space, give people the space to help you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's like we
1: started holding office hours, which was another cool thing that I did. So we have um, Gather Towns. So we have a metaverse office space. So I actually have an office that I can virtually go sit in. So I hold office hours for an hour every day. And that created a safe space for people to come ask questions too and have conversations and be like, hey, I want to check in with you on this. Or they can go look at my calendar, see when I'm going to be in my office and plan to meet me there.
0: Mm.
1: Um, that was really helpful for facilitating conversations as well.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I imagine because that's something you lose, having a not having a physical office is nobody can walk in and be like, hey, I got a quick... Of course, people walking in and saying, hey, I got a quick question is a workflow issue itself. Yeah, well, that was why I
1: scheduled it. I was like, office hours are blocked out, so Mm -hmm. if nobody comes, I have a dedicated hour every day that I can work on the business instead of in the business, or I can get caught up on email, or I can do whatever, Mm -hmm. and I do it kind of first thing in the morning, so it forces me to show up and be ready to people, but not necessarily have to people. So... (laughs) I don't have to client people or podcast people at like nine in the morning. We can put that off until 10 and I can do office hours at nine. Makes but sense. It gives um, me some breathing room to get up and moving.
0: <laughs> and to, so it's not like having a team is obviously a key part of, of your success. Being able to delegate to the team and whatnot. Um, so did you launch your business with a team or was it you by yourself originally?
1: Uh, it was me by myself originally, but that didn't last very long, like at all. Um, I had contractors. <coughs> oh, sorry still getting over COVID. I had contractors to start with. And then I decided that this was crazy having contractors because I couldn't guarantee the work was going to get done on time. I didn't know when they were going to work, if they were going to work. And it was nuts. Mm -hmm. And so I messaged a friend that had an HR company and I was like, I need to hire people on Monday. This was like a Saturday. He's like, I'll have someone at your office on Monday. I was like, okay, cool. I interviewed my first assistant, my first office manager. And then sent her over to that dude to teach her how to onboard herself and everybody else that we were hiring that day. And then I've okay. had a team ever since. <laughs>
0: so, so I have heard, I don't have employees, but I've heard they cost money. Um, so how were you able to, did you have enough clients in place and you yeah. were just doing contractor work and you were shifting that revenue to employees from contractors or?
1: Yeah, we, like, made job offers to um, most of the contractors that we already had at the time. And so, like, okay. hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to keep working with us, this is how it's going to work. you are either coming on as an employee or bye.
0: And okay.
1: made that shift. Um, But, yeah, I got fortunate. It's like I was working in engineering as a computer programmer. So I was able to kind of step out because, like, corporate environment was not working for me. I started as a mechanical drafter and then hacked a bunch of their systems because they were so inefficient, racked up like 130 something computer violations, got suspended for like three days and then brought back and promoted to computer programming to fix all the things I was trying to fix anyway. So I was able to kind of step out and like go to working from home and then go to working as a contractor. And so as my business was growing, I was able to kind of back off corporate America. So I got really lucky that way.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious about that transition story. People are like, and I started a business. I'm like, that sounds expensive, but yeah. if you have a you know decent job to transition out of. Then,
1: well, and I upgraded husbands. So that was a huge help. So you mm, know, he, yes, he was with me in the business for a while. So um, he did uh, IT work. So when we mostly worked locally, he would help people with like their computers and stuff like that. While I was helping with their marketing, like he would fix their printer and their internet and all that other <laughs> issues. Well, I would work on them, you know, with their marketing
0: for them. Oh, interesting. And so is your husband still part of your company?
1: No, he went off and went back to tree work again. He likes being outside. He doesn't like sitting at a desk all day. Ah, okay. So when we went fully remote, he was like, can I not? Because I can't sit in the house at a desk all day long. I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. So he used to be a tree guy before then. So he bought out his old boss's business and took it over. Now he's got a tree company and a lawn company.
0: Interesting. Oh, well, yeah. If that's, if that's what his passion is, being outside. and
1: mm-hmm. He likes Indeed. being outside, working with his hands, and he's built up a team so he doesn't have to do the crappy parts anymore. So
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. Very that's good. That's the
1: best part is having the options to do the things that you like to do
0: yep. when you start building
1: up a team. It's like it's not that you like hand off everything, even the stuff you like to do, but there might be times where even when you normally like it, you don't like it right now. You don't yeah. like it this week. Your brain won't let you do it right now. So having someone on the team that you can hand that stuff off to, and then occasionally you could be like, "Hey, I kind of feel like building a website today. Can I build that one? I'll take it." And it's like, "Cool, let me go build a website today." Oh,
0: well, that makes sense. And then
1: yeah. The yep. next one, I'm like, "I don't want to build that website."
0: No. Yeah. Well, and also, especially you in do. your, I mean, with with imagine with with uh, lawn care and tree work, there's sometimes just objectively, the grimy work. Whereas yeah. in in your kind of business or my kind of business, there's nothing that probably anything you don't like there's someone who's like oh i love doing that you know for me the idea of of uh you know writing copy i can write i'm a pretty good writer i have not gone through the trouble to learn to be an effective copywriter because that's a lot of attention um but i probably could but i don't wanna but there's someone out there my va probably um who's like, oh, I love writing. And I love learning more about how to write and how to write more effectively. And I can write copy all day and I'll write 87 pages of copy. And that sounds like the best job ever. So what to me might be awful to them is like, I get paid for this? Amazing. Well, just like I imagine if I was to say, hey, how'd you like a job where you have 10 back-to-back half-hour (laughs) one-to-ones? You know. (laughs) Uh, Whereas to me, that sounds like the best job ever. So.
1: Oh, um, no, that's torture.
0: Yeah. But, of course, a lot of what you do, the copywriting, the web web building and whatnot, I'd be like, oh, my God, I got to build another website. That sounds awful.
1: Oh, that's one of my favorite things to do is a live website day build. Like, I can't do too many of them because they're obviously very draining and time consuming. But we figured out one of the fastest ways for somebody to get a website built was just to hold me hostage for a day on a Zoom call and let me build it. (laughs) So we started doing that. And it's like a live VIP day where we'll build their website, write their copy, do all the design, do all the stuff. And I mean, it's epic. It's like eight, 10 hours in a day. But I mean, we go from nothing to launchable website by the end of eight to 10 hours.
0: Wow. Which is useful because there's definitely some times where it's like, I don't care what it costs. I need a website. I need a good website by the end of today. Yeah. And so having someone that you can, you know, an option be like, you can push the button. Yeah. Please well, and I mean, most of our clients of are
1: NeuroSpicy entrepreneurs too. They don't want a project that's going to drag out. Websites can take six, eight weeks. Yeah. or longer and it's like you're having to constantly like get emails or it's like you got to go review pages painstakingly mm-hmm. read all the copy provide this big checklist of stuff that they need from you mm-hmm. instead i'm like hey can you go get me your logo real quick yeah cool Do 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 here's the logo hey can you get me your brand colors real quick yeah cool here we go can you get me some photos real quick yeah let me go take a couple okay
0: <laughs> nice okay yeah
1: we're just we're just done yep.
0: you know so so according to my clock, which is in front of my computer, I can see it while looking straight at you. According to my <laughs> clock, we're running out of time. See, I've, I've built things out. I also have systems. Uh, but so final thought. So for someone who's listening to this, who is, um, uh, is as they've been told, learning disabled, or as we say, neurodiverse neuro or neuro spicy, what is your advice to say, you know, someone is a student or maybe they're, they're younger and they, they feel like they're disabled with? adhd or asd or dyslexia or whatever what is your advice to them
1: find the thing that makes you happy and stick to it no matter what anybody else tells you
0: just unapologetically do it
1: yeah i mean i tried to listen to all the advice everybody gave me in marketing it was like i liked working with small business owners and everybody kept telling me that wasn't possible like, all these mentors are like, oh, you're not going to be able to make the money you need to make. Scale the team the way you're trying to scale it. You can't work with small businesses. You need to work with Fortune 500 companies that have multi-million dollars in revenue. And, like, I don't want to. I left corporate America because I didn't like that. I don't want that. Yep. So, I mean, I had to get creative. There were lots of ups and downs. But mm-hmm. I stuck to my guns. And I'm like, okay. I tried it. Don't get me wrong. I tried. But it was like, no. It didn't last very long. It was like maybe six months to a year. And I'm like, mm. We're not doing that. Love it. And so uh, it's taken a little while, you know, to really find my niche and to really focus in on what I'm good at. And But I'm working with small business owners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, And it's like it's what I wanted to work with and I'm making an impact. And it, 15 years later, I'm still working with who I wanted to work with, even though I went all the ups and downs. With everybody else telling me I couldn't.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's, that's powerful advice. Uh, so if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about your company, how should they do so? Go to com. Super easy.
1: All of my is links are there.
0: That's like your name with a .com on the end.
1: I know. Crazy right. Everybody should have one.
0: Alas, there's another Michael Whitehouse who stole mine.
1: Yeah, I noticed that.
0: I got the .org, though. Well,
1: that's better than nothing.
0: Yeah. It goes to a blog that I haven't touched in two years. <laughs> but I haven't. That's what matters. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been, as expected, this has been fun. So, uh, and then, of course, I'll be seeing you on the Blue Purple Summit.
1: Yes, I'm excited.
0: Yep, which I, I there may be details by the time the show comes out, in which case, check the show notes. But for those of you who said, Blue Purple Summit, what is that? It's because I realized I know so many awesome expert women with blue and purple hair, I could fill a summit with them. And so I did, because... That's what ADHD business owners do, and it's going to be December 12th, and I'm sure there's details somewhere, possibly in the show notes. I think this this episode should be coming out, and I should not say this in the recording, because if I'm wrong, it'll sound silly. October or November, I think that is, I can accurately say, in that window. There uh, you go. In the promotion window for the, for the summit. Look, like I'm planning. There you go. Or that the works. universe is just forcing me to do the right thing.
1: Whenever I finish recording one of my podcast episodes, it just goes into the queue and click up and other people take care of it from there. I have no idea when it's going to get out.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's the way to do it. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on. This has been fun. Thank you for having me. This has been the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. Sign up to get every episode at neurodiversitysuperpowers.me. Join our Facebook group on facebook.com slash groups slash neurodiversity superpowers. Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people ask me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me slash course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course.